Yom Tif L'chaim. So, so much was said already. I was told to speak for five minutes, but apparently you're supposed to stretch it to like 15. Is that... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to uh, stretch my. Yeah. So, once when sitting, you know, talk about Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus. Once when sitting with a group of uh, non-Hasidim, the previous Rebbe in a, in a hotel in Riga was asked that Hasidus, it's it's said that doesn't add anything. You know, people always had like, why are you changing Judaism? Judaism was fine until Hasidus came along. Why are you changing Hasid? Why you, so the, the rabbis would always say, we're not changing anything. We're just illuminating. We're just uh, focusing, laser focusing the ideas, shining light. So, and, he, and he said, I want to illustrate this to you. He said, do you realize when you came into this hotel, the, the ornate um, crown moldings in this room, in this hotel room that you're sitting? And they said, no. He says, they call one of the attendants and take a lantern and shine it to one of the pieces, very exquisite pieces of uh, crown molding. And everyone was like amazed how beautiful. They didn't realize sitting in this room with so much rich detail and nuance that they hadn't appreciated before. So he says to them, the previous Lubavitch Rebbe says to them, says, did, I, did I just change anything in this room? No, everything is the same. But I just I brought your attention so something that you haven't noticed before. That's what Rabbi Sharfstein was saying. It's, how is it a book that has all the answers? Because it's just asking you to look a little differently. To look inside or as, you know, med, like Ari mentioned, meta-thinking. You know, it's, it's, it's what's going on. It's your automatic thoughts. It's there. But when you have a different way of looking at it, you shine light a little differently. Nothing's changed, but everything has changed. And that's what Tanya and the Chassidus Chabad has given us. I just want to share an example that I find very poignant for myself and for students that, I, that I'm able to share with from, from Tanya and the writings of the Alter Rebbe. Is that often, as a college rabbi on campus, you meet many students that say, Rabbi, I'm not a good Jew. I'm not a good Jew, so I'm not kosher. Or like, what, you know, some variation to that. If I had like a dollar for every time a student told me that in the last 21 years, I'd have a good retirement fund. But that's a very common for, for Jews who meet rabbis that look like me to say, I'm not kosher, I'm not a good Jew, I'm not. And, you know, he asked them to put on tefillin, to do a mitzvah, and they're like, oh, I'm not that type of Jew. You shouldn't, you know, you don't know what I'm up to, you know what I'm into, like, I can't do that. And, and I share with them this idea from the Alter Rebbe, who gives an example he asks the question, why did God create this physical world? When he has, if he needs praise, if he needs adulation, if he needs uh, people to appreciate him, he has, uh, you know, angels, myriad of angels, and uh, constantly praising him. Read about it in the Shema, the blessings of the Shema. And so what does he need us to come and mumble in Hebrew? I call it mumbling in Hebrew. Let's get together and mumble in Hebrew together. So uh, that's what he needs from us. Is that really going to do it? So... The Altar answers it with, a, with an interesting analogy. He says it's like a talking bird, like a parrot. So the talking bird brings, if you see a bird that talks, it brings tremendous enjoyment and pleasure. Even though talking in of itself, it's not, if it's your roommate or your mother-in-law or your wife or your husband, not necessarily does it elicit so much joy and pleasure when they talk, right? 
So it's precisely because birds don't talk that it's so enjoyable. Don't you see something so unusual? And the Al-Tarebi says the exact same thing. When a human being, with all the limitations and all the follies and their ego, can get, get over themselves and do a mitzvah, give tzedakah, do put on tefillin, which is totally out of character, that is precisely what Hashem is looking for. So I say, that, I say to a student, I said, Hashem will get much more joy of you putting on tefillin than I put on tefillin every day. Because for me, I grew up religious. So I was, regi- I was educated to do. But for you, it's so unusual. It's so strange for you to actually, on a college campus, take a moment and put on the phone. That's very strange. And it's precisely because of that that it's so powerful. And it's true for each and every one of us, Dr. Rabbi says, is that every time we challenge ourselves, we grow a little more in our Yiddishkeit. We do a little bit more than we grew up with or what we did up until this point. It's precisely the reason why Hashem created the world. Dira Petachtoyin, the creator dwelling place for, and this is ways we can challenge ourselves, we challenge the people that we meet, is that, I think this also may, perhaps addresses the, the imposter you know, syndrome, it's a very powerful thing that people go through with different stages in their life where they think like, I'm fraudulent, I, how can I, you know, even though it's a, this, this in psychology of this idea of imposter syndrome, no matter how much education or qualifications you have, you still constantly doubt your ability. And I think this is true of on a Jewish way, we always do that as Jews, you're like, as good, you know, whatever we do, we're like, we don't think we're good enough. We're not kosher. We're not a good Jew. But to challenge this, I think a very powerful way of challenging this with this idea of Naltareva, if you're feeling not so good as a Jew, that's so beautiful because the next mitzvah you do bring, well, means it means so much to Hashem. Precisely because you're so not the type. L'chaim.